babies, it's Red Summer. And it's Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. We're back. Yes, we are. Yes. Like Sunday brunch. Yes, I'm so excited about yes. Sunday brunch, especially we have a fantastic guest with us. Yes, we do. You know, and if you were a Sunday brunch patron, you would see her and not just hear her. Okay. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> We're so excited um, this Sunday morning because we have the one, the only, the incomparable, amazing spoken word, poet, amazing writer, amazing performer. Me as a yeah. performer, I, I personally am a fan as a, as yeah. you as a performer. Um, Stacy and Chin. <laughs> this applause is so black. It's so black woman. It's so black. You know, black women will just applaud black people. You get on a plane to Jamaica, you know, 25 times you do it in one year. And every time the plane lands, people be clapping. Yeah. They just applaud the pilot like, oh, yeah, you got us here. Yeah, that always, that always I'm like, really? It happens really, in Africa too, right? It happens. I, I, actually, I would say at least every plane I've been in, there's at least one fool that's like, I'm so happy we landed. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm on a plane to I get black <laughs> Only black people. I don't see white people do it. Um, I, I would probably agree with that. <laughs> No, seriously. No, like when I'm going to Seattle, I don't have that. But when I'm going to Atlanta, <laughs> you know what? Well, see, we understand our blessings. Of course, that's the thing. Black people know that every journey don't end with a with the breath still in you. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we lucky every time we oh, we landed and we still breathing. We're still breathing. We're here because we were scared the whole flight. <laughs> And me, you know, listen, I had my little ritual on the plane and then I, you know, that's it. I just turn on the TV, I read a book and call it a day. I was like, once I'm up, ain't nothing I can do about it anyway. So what's going to yeah. happen, going to happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah. coming down is another situation. <laughs> when I'm flying by myself, I think I do different things from when I'm flying with the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I, I keep I keep my eyes really open. I'm focused on what she's doing. I'm like positioned weirdly so she can lean on me or whatever. Yeah. I'm playing I mean, Bazori is probably like a... I mean, a champion. I mean, she got miles. Oh, yeah. She probably got more miles than most people. <laughs> she, 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 she's pretty good. She's pretty good. I mean, like, you know, but you know, you know, you call yourself the gay aunties. So you didn't call yourself the gay sisters. So <laughs> there's a way that this show is focused on the caring of children mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. or, or at least caring for those who are behind us in the journey of life. Oh, um, that's so that is so well put. And we are so going to use that as a feature <laughs> later on. I'm typing that up right now. <laughs> But but I mean, there's there's something um, there's something wonderful about like you know um, we just did our our last living room protest. The kid and I we did this thing anyway. So I mean, for those who don't know, um, check out Stacey and Chin's uh, uh, timeline, whether on Facebook or Instagram. Um, what we're talking about is her daughter Zori. She and her they they get together and they be talking to do, and it's such a beautiful thing. You kind of watch vicariously. Mm-hmm. Um, you as a mother and she as a daughter kind of grow together. For sure. Around worldly issues, around and we you knew know. each other, so you guys knew yeah. me before, like mm-hmm. I was anybody's mother. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I was kind of like, you know, as we say in Jamaica, live and direct as <laughs> as a, 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 a person who you know didn't have a, a kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, it, it's a different experience. I mean, when you have to care for someone else, when your mm. when your priority has to be caring for the other person or caring for the other body. Um, it's a very different experience in the world. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I don't know if I, I don't want to posit it as better or worse because I've been looking at y'all without children going like Jesus Christ, like you know what I mean? I would love to go to that joy party without having to pay somebody else a hundred dollars to stay home <laughs> before I buy a drink. Yeah. Before I buy somebody else a drink. Mm -hmm. I gotta come up with a hundred before I take a cab. Before I pay for parking in New York City, I gotta like pay someone to be home with the child. Yeah. And then I can go out. So if I'm on a long date and it's um, not particularly sparking joy, let's say. <laughs> this time, date cost me $100. Money is going to <laughs> it could, you know, this you date, got to amuse me this, or something. This date could cost me $20 or 100 And really, I don't like the way it's going. So let's make that money. <laughs> When children do your excuse to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, on the Dave Chappelle skit where he's like, all right, wrap it up. <laughs> but we still have it, but seriously, we still having dates that they're like, oh God, I gotta get that. Well, you know what it is? Because of the dating online situation. Mm. Then you know, we don't know. Um, I felt like in my twenties I was with people, I was like, Oh, I thought I liked her, but I don't. Yeah. And now I feel like I don't really go on dates online. I've been on like a one or two of them, but not really. And so mm -hmm. if I'm going on a date with somebody, I probably know that I like them already and know who they are and know I'm going to enjoy it. I kind of miss them days, boy, because I'm really over the mystery. Like, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been trying to do the online thing. Number one, I, I had a, I had an online dating situation and the person was like, I, I get, I get proof that you're Stacey Anchin. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Bitch, look at my picture. I ain't look alike. What do you mean? Oh, but you know, because people will set up a whole page oh, pretending I, to be somebody else. Remember that happened to me, Hanifa. Say again? That happened to me. This girl had a whole page. She was posting poetry. She was adding friends. And then this girl came up to me and was like, hey, like, you know, we're friends on whatever platform. And I was like, oh, I don't have a page on that. On she was like, platform? Yeah, she was like, yes, you do. And show me her phone and show me our conversation. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the 21st century. What is it? Talk about catfish. Right. <laughs> so even though it feels weird as a person that's being told, prove it, like as yeah. someone who's paid, like who has had a whole page created, someone pretending that they were them, like I can see why people are skeptical. And then the other thing people say is, why are you on here? You like Stacey Manchin, you like, like, you know. Yeah, don't you get pussy lesbo, like, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Le lesbo extraordinaire. Mm. Like, why are you not, you know, something must be wrong with you. Do you have like, you know, something that, you know, is just whatever. And I would be like, listen, everybody struggles. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe the only person, maybe, maybe the only person, maybe, maybe, maybe Serena don't struggle to get a date. You know what I mean? <laughs> And she got her permanently, so she good, you know. I mean, I just, I mean no, honestly, I'm just I'm always... saying, though, like, everybody struggles with the notion of finding partnership, unless you're on lockdown already. And I do know there are people who are already on lockdown who might be even struggling themselves. Um, yeah, let me get letters about that. But... <laughs> and she just landed the plane again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the, but the, the whole, the whole group, I've never been a groupie person. And maybe because a lot of the bands that I've in, for some reason, we attract a lot of straight girls. And I'm, I'm for me, I've, I've never been attracted to straightness. 
you know, um, and whiteness, honestly. And I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of bands I've been in, you know, that's who come to the show. But that's okay, you know. Um, so I've never really been able to indulge. Not say I haven't, but I haven't really been able to indulge in the groupie thing. You know, um, shoot, the closest I ever got to some groupie thing is, you know, uh, you know, wood tent. <laughs> With ten pussy, which is cold for now. <laughs> <laughs> My God, like the language of Mishfest. I wonder if it'll disappear with the disappearance of the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Um, um, well, I just said with ten pussy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it, it is. It, it is an interesting um, phenomenon, this groupy thing. Like, you know, when I was young, I was so principled. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, the power dynamic between mm -hmm. someone on stage and someone not on stage is just really not something that you want to fuck with, you know? So everybody who, you know, came and left their little drawers in um, envelopes and plastic bags. Oh, wow. They got really creative show. with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people thought it was creative, but it was very, pretty common. I mean, it, you know. In envelopes, like with the address or and plastic number. plastic bags or whatever, or some, that, somebody left mm, their, their number written on the drawers. I mean, people got, people, listen, in my life, I have been privy, I have been lucky enough <laughs> to have the most creative commands <laughs> ever on the planet. However, as I got <laughs> as I got older, then I became an older person, and most of the groupies were I wouldn't say most of them, but very many of them are young. Mm -hmm. So you're 21 years old and you're coming up to me. I'm 46 years old. Yeah. I am not interested in like exploiting your, you know, exploration period, like, oh my God, this woman is out there being on stage. Number one, I am rarely, I mean, and I say rarely because I don't want like some kind of like moment to come up where like some 21 year olds like, like, yeah, you were attracted to me, but I cannot remember one incident after I turned 30 that I was attracted to someone who was, you know, that much younger than me. Yeah, I do have a story. Huh? I do have a story. Oh, please do tell. I feel like we were at, I was in New York, so it was something for you people. I feel like, um, oh, 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 oh my God, I just forgot her name. Um, it was a performance. Oh, that's good. It was a, no, no, no. It was oh, a performance. No, not the person. Okay, because we, but, <laughs> I'd be on to a different life now. I don't want to be. No. <laughs> Shelly Nicole was performing. Okay. It was a, it was a thing. Nicole? Okay. Yeah, it was the thing. It was amazing. After the show, um, one of my friends that came with me was like, oh my God, Stacey Ann, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, baby, no. <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> what are you, 20? There's nothing I can do with you, honey. <laughs> I know. I can always. I can see. I can. I see your face. I can see everything. Just shut me down. Let's just shut it down right now. You were like, we not even go start the conversation. Talking with the hell out of this um dressing room. I am forty six, and I must say that there's one person I've dated where she was twelve years my Juno. I'm forty six now, but it happened. I mean, it's recent, so it wasn't twenty. Yeah, my 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 stop has been ten years. Um, junior, over that, I don't know if I can flow, but I'm even finding that 10 years So you sometime, couldn't date someone 12 years younger than you now? I'm 48 now. Yeah, but so you, I mean, you couldn't date somebody who's 35? 30, um, I'm not see, gonna, I'm, look, I'm not, I'm like not shutting it's, di I, I, it's I, different when you get older, like, because then you can be like, but I don't know if I could date someone who's 30 now that I'm almost 50. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Mm. No, no. Actually, no. But I, the, don't, but I don't know, but I'm saying like, as people get older, the power dynamic gets less. Like a 40 year old me, and a seven year old, I don't know if the power dynamic is the same. Because yeah. you know, number one, you're 70, you don't, I mean, you might not even know how to use your cell phone at that point. And you well, might need somebody that's my point. That's my point. To figure out what the new device is to help you with it. I'm needing people now. I'm 46. <laughs> I need someone to like figure out. It's like, oh my God, there's this thing you could do on Facebook. Oh, how do you do the Facebook live? Oh, Jesus. How do you like? And I'm sure a lot of young kids are like, Facebook, girl, you better get off of that. That's what I'm but saying. <laughs> or I whatever the hell they're on. You know yeah. What yeah. I mean? yeah. But you know, I need to know that I am totally a technological <laughs> auntie. I don't. Too. I don't know how to. <laughs> any of it <laughs> i have never posted a live or anything because i can't figure it out but you know the, the that power <laughs> dynamic actually that's definitely the case especially if someone's in their 20s like mm -hmm, that's why it's unattractive mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like we're not even partners in this journey together right mm -hmm. um but it's also a cultural thing and that's where the 10-year thing you know like even my last girl, girlfriend even though she was 10 years younger than me culturally she was on point so she can sing songs from my teenagehood even though she was a child Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's certain, it's little, those little moments where a song comes on, you're like, and you both react the same way because you have the same memory, the same mm -hmm. muscle memory, the mm -hmm. same, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. have, you know what I mean? Experiential yeah, memory. Yeah. yeah, experiential memory. Like that is something for me, I love about being in a relationship with someone who's closer to my age. Yeah. You know, and the young thing, I just, or the younger thing, I mean, yeah, um, I, I just, the value points are just, I just, it, you, just you just lose points. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's not a, it's not a but, dead but issue, it's but it's kind of like culture, yeah. dating someone from a different, uh, time era begins to feel like dating somebody from, uh, a different culture because mm. they have a different culture. Oh yeah. Totally, you know, 10 totally, years behind yeah. you, it's a different culture. 20 years behind you, it's a different culture. And I, I feel like the greater the, 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 the number of years, the wider the leap between the two cultures. And I don't know if I'm skilled enough to make the leap. Mm. And, um, you know, so I don't know. I, I know I couldn't date someone who's in their 20s now. Like, absolutely. I mean. Yeah. Old soul or not, I'm good. But 30s, maybe. Could you date or could you fuck? You know, like, I, um, I'm one of those people who... In this time in my life, I do struggle to differentiate between the two mm. only because like I got a kid and, and that's what I'm saying. Like so much to move around in my life to facilitate intimacy mm. that, you know, oh, you know yeah, I, so I have like a hundred dollar Buddha call is not as attractive no, as no, <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> The plane just like, you know, I don't know if it left or it landed, but you know, there's some drop, there's some like great movement in like the, uh, um, essentially that's it. And, and mm. I mean, and when you wrap up stuff like, oh, there's a chance that the person might wake up in the room with your kid. I mean, like, uh, if you're yeah. not, if you're a little careless, which, you know, human beings are sometimes. Mm hmm person might end up sleeping over. She might see the kid in the morning. Um, I don't know. I mean, like my kid is eight, almost eight now, which means that in 10 years, she's going to be almost 20. Wow. So yeah. like you blink and it just yeah. sprout up. So like, you know, in my brain, it's like, okay, I'm looking ahead to her own years in her teen years and her 20 years. So, I mean, I look at you and I, I I'm, I'm just jumping ahead to see the Zuri. 
and if and if I'm if I can see Zuri in you, then it definitely kills all <laughs> libidal <laughs> inclinations. Well, I definitely can't date anybody in their twenties because both my children are in their twenties. Exactly. <laughs> If you can be my daughter's big sister, then something mm, that yeah. just don't. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so maybe I'm more inclined to date someone who could be my kid's aunt. Oh, you know. So maybe I do need a gay auntie for my kid to date, but not <laughs> not necessarily like a gay sister for my kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm you know just uh, you know just talking about Zori. Um, I love because I, I remember when you were in the space like I want to have a child. Yeah, all means necessary. You mean when I was you mean when I was sperm hunting? Yeah, when you sperm But you know, putting that into you know a work of art, with you know with mother struck, you know, what was that process? You know, like transferring your actual experience into this work of art. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. What was it like? Um, you know, I've done that my whole life. You know, I came to being an activist and an artist and a rabble rouser and a resistor and a dissenter because things were not the way that I would like them to be in my own life. You know, I would love to say like, oh my God, I saw Hanifa being mistreated and all of a sudden I was moved to speak for Hanifa. But it was definitely infinitely more selfish than that. Mm. I had my own journey out in Jamaica as a queer person. And then I came to America to seek um, kind of some kind of personal like sexual freedom and then discovered I was black. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, in a black country, if you're light skinned, you know, you kind of occupy the space of Mm. like whiteness there. and so in some ways, I mean, it's a lot more complicated than I, I'm oversimplifying, but essentially, um, you know, these colonial, these post-colonial countries, you know, they value whiteness too. Yes. And so there's a way that being mixed kind of like made me occupy a certain kind of like valuable privileged space. Um, yeah. And then when I came here and discovered my blackness, I was like, holy fuck. I mean, like, this is crazy. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about like that lesbian commune in Nigeria. So like, I got to figure out how mm-hmm. to be here and yeah. be here and make a, a life for myself, make a voice for myself. And I just, I just had to like find a way to speak out against all this anger I was feeling. And I also moved here in August. And then, you know, by September, October, I was like, belting out poetry because just this the weather changed people changed and you know new york yeah, like new yeah. york in the summer is like woo, everybody's sexy everybody loves everything blah 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 and then winter time i don't even see your eyes the winter time nobody's <laughs> talking to you everybody's moving fast things get expensive now you can't just be outside in the park or wherever everywhere you are you got to pay for it because you can't be sitting in the people's restaurant without ordering something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you know you're either in the house that you either don't have can't afford if you're homeless or if you're undocumented like i I was undocumented and, you know, wrestled with like, you know, issues of homelessness when I just came. Well, I mean, hold on. So I just got to stop you there. One, I didn't know that. And two, what was it like? Because you said that you you dropped down and then hit the stage and running, like making yourself, ex- exposing yourself in such a way and still being um, undocumented. Well, I mean, I didn't necessarily talk about being undocumented because mm-hmm. most people, I mean, I, I admire these people who uh, are able to speak 
of an undocumented identity mm. with such kind of like power and force while they are undocumented. I mean, it requires so much courage because yeah. the arm of this government, the government is like the most powerful, uh, you know, kind of like organization, entity, power structure in the country. And when the government comes to get you and like kicks you out, there's nothing you can do. do. I mean, They're people can like stop. lobby, last but nobody yeah. can kind of come and bring you back. You know, there's no recourse. You can't call Canada to help you. You can't call, you know, England to come and talk to America. Like America is where the buck stops. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so the risk is like great. So I never spoke about it at all. I spoke about my queer identity and why it is that I was here. Mm. And, um, you know, queer people in the North love to rescue some queer stray from somewhere <laughs> else. So mm. um, the minute I started mm -hmm. talking about that, then there was like a lot of um, listening ears for that. And I, for, for a while I spoke primarily about my queer identity. So I talk about like, okay, chasing a straight woman. Oh my God, how eating oh, pussy is that? good. How love, mm. you know, <laughs> I came from Jamaica where everybody was straight and maybe curious yeah. who else I was going to date. <laughs> I was the only out one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So everybody was That's like true, straight. True. And so you were like, okay. And even those of they who eventually uh, came out as queer, at the time, they didn't necessarily identify as queer. They were like straight women who were curious. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, those of you, I don't know if you went to like all women's college, there's a bunch of them there too. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But they call them lugs or something there? Lesbian until graduation. Until graduation. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Or by now and gay later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by now and gay later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but these, you know, but, and, and I think it's amazing that young people now have created a language that holds everybody. Like, mm. I mean, queer is a word that maybe if you lick pussy one time, you, you know, you fit in the queerness. You know what I mean? Mm. Or if maybe one day you might have an interaction with a vagina or, and you have a vagina yourself, whatever. It's like, it's the word queer. It's however, all encompassing. However problematic it is for those of us who need the L to be in there and spoken of and <laughs> shouted, and we need an L flag, and we need the L word, and we need the L and the L and the L. Like those mm -hmm. of us who are deeply involved with the L, those of us who knew it early and feel like it's a political identity that still needs a lot of fighting for. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a bit of a struggle for us, but I do believe that there is some merit to people who aren't a hundred percent sure. And they sh that, sure, that certainty might be compromised by internal homophobia, or it might be compromised by uh, a whole bunch of shit, you know, their own feelings about it. Like even women who were sexually molested or um, sexually assaulted, lots of women, I'm, I've met a lot of women who are like, I'm, you know, I, I'm gay because I don't like men. And I don't necessarily know if that's a gay identity. Yeah. Yeah, like, because you don't like yeah, men? I'm gay because I love women. Women, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the positive, yeah. not, not but, in reaction But to, I believe the queer, yeah. as a word, gives these women or these people who have had, like, negative experiences around their sexuality to kind of, like, feel safe and held and present. And women can offer that, but they also can offer what you ran away from. <laughs> For you know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. You can mm -hmm. still experience abuse. You can still for experience sure. bad for sex. Sure. You can still experience and I, all and that. I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that, mm. that, 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 that there's something like, you know, that, that all of us who are queer 
have this history. I'm just mm. saying that for people who like have like a little bit of internal homophobia and don't want to say I'm gay. Yeah. Like mm. they can kind of have an umbrella where they can kind of like be a little bit under it. I mean, for the first year of being gay in Jamaica, I I wasn't entirely sure that I was gay. I liked women, but I also had had pleasant experiences with men before. And so it was a little confusing. And my idea, my dearest what? gay aunties, yeah. was to come to New York City <laughs> to mm-hmm. have such an overtly gay summer. <laughs> and I was going to be disgusted by the gayness. So much so that I was going to come home straight and ready to participate in a life of heteronormativity. Really? That was your process? So I, no, no, no. I came, I came for a summer before I moved here. I came for a summer before. Okay. Like the summer before I graduated. your toe no, in the water. The summer before mm-hmm. my last year in college. I came here. And I was going to be like, yes, I'm going to go and have the guest summer and then I'm going to come home to the sensibility of my own life. Mm. I'm gonna go. Oh, so you were going to get it out of your I'm system. Get it out of my system. system. You know what I mean? That um, what is that um, that that religious culture where they they go rum springing or rum springer? Oh no no no! You're saying uh, la, 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 the the um the Amish? It's the Amish. When they have like a they year have like so a year where they go out and then yeah, they come back and they can be like really good Amish people <laughs> because they have done everything yeah. and there's no more curiosity about it. And I mean, and I think it works for like the people who are just only slightly curious but really like the life that they were born into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's the others like me. In me. Me. There you go. <laughs> so when I came to New York, I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to go where these gay people are. And even my own internal homophobia before then thought that, okay, these gay people, you know, they're crazy. You know, the kind of life that they want to live is not the life I want to live. And they're like on TV and they're like swinging from chandeliers and fucking their aunties and their <laughs> sisters and their cousins all over the place. So yes. what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and observe these people in their natural mm-hmm. Observe. <laughs> I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> I'm not, no, no, I, I fully intended to participate <laughs> as a kind of sacrifice. <laughs> as a kind of deep sacrifice mm-hmm, of my very picture. principled, mm-hmm. you know, inner self. <laughs> and girl, I ended up, I came into New York and I saw all of that color. And some, I met some boy in the Stonewall, in some white boy. And I, I shouldn't say white boy because I might be misgendering him or her or they at this point um because he 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 was dressed in full sequin wear <laughs> and he had like full makeup on and way more mascara than i thought sensible and eyeliner so there was a little bit of like raccooning going on when he was talking to me in the dark mm-hmm. but i was so inspired by mm. let's say there but mm-hmm. he 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 spoke of himself as he he said, I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. I like gay men. You know, I'm gay. I'm a gay man who likes to wear dresses. So, I, you know, I'm trying to hold all of the ways in which conversations work around identity right now. Yeah, so yeah. there's a way that people, as soon as we see a male body in dressed in traditional female wear, we assume a kind of transgenderedness. And I want to hold that. But I also want to hold what this person said to me and called himself him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of that to preface all of that so now this man said to me oh my god where are you from and i was like oh jamaica i'm a little fucking gin and um tonic (laughs) (laughs) sipping it because you know i don't want to drink it too fast because next thing you know i'll be like end up on the floor like fucking this (laughs) 
gay man in a sequin dress, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol is a, also loose life living, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was there and I was like sipping because I stumbled into the Stonewall Inn. Just walking through. The so you didn't know? Did you no, know? No, wow. I had no idea what it was. But I went in, and this man is like drinking, and he's he said, "Do you want a drink?" And I'm like, "Ah." Oh. He says, "I'm not into you." <laughs> so I could buy you a drink. I ain't gonna molly you, baby. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a drink, and I had my little drink, and sipping it. And he says, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm Jamaican." He goes, "Oh God, I had a Jamaican lover once. He had a big old dick. He wanted to fuck <laughs> me every day." <laughs> I'd be in a wheelchair oh, if I kept up boys. with this big old oh. dick. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you know, my whole shit got blown. blown mm-hmm. and, but there was something amazingly affirming and beautiful. And, mm. you know, about him talking about like this man's penis, like it was the greatest thing in the world, but it was also the greatest challenge. And it was the greatest thing in the world, but it was the greatest <laughs> challenge. It was the greatest thing in the world. It was the greatest challenge. <laughs> and it echoed with me about this, um, my own identity. And when I walked out of there, I knew I wanted to come out of this, you know, living and then i walked into the oscar wilde bookstore do you remember Oscar Wilde? oh wow and then i went into the different life i like that you just followed your nose it's like i'm just gonna stumble into this building but you know one person in (laughs) one person in in the in in the stonewall it might have said something to me like there's a bookstore over there's a Uh gay uh and then you you remember christopher street used to be mad gay before like the straight you know i mean well the village you know, when did it, you when did you arrive? What, what year did you arrive? Nineteen ninety seven. All right, just say nineteen something. But the village <laughs> was the it was the hub, not just for queer life, but at that time in the nineties, mm-hmm. for all the little all the hip hop kids, all the poets, everything mm-hmm. was happening mm-hmm. in the village. And so east and west, and people were yeah. like mad chit chatty, and it mm-hmm. wasn't so yeah. like you know now like heteronormative white people are moving into these spaces and mm-hmm. taking up space and like forcing all of, so now the pair is too loud and now people are too loud and parties are too loud and like gay people talking about sex is too much in the streets and so all of these like noise ordinances and you know they're trying to quiet and clean up and do all this shit about cleaning up all these neighborhoods that we built and made hip anyways yes. mm. so i so then i i walked into and i read this story about these two little montana lesbians who were you wow, know, we're gay. Really mm-hmm. I was here for research, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was researching. So I read the story about these two little Montana lesbians and they were so, you know, secretively like having this very torrid love affair. And then they decided that they wanted to come out of the closet. And so they were like, yes, they're going to tell the town that they're gay. And they were very afraid. And then they told the whole town. And the town says, we don't like the gayness, but we love you. And they threw them a parade. And I was inspired to go home and come out. <laughs> that sounds like some really good fiction. Um... <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm going home to Jamaica to come out. I don't want to be in no fucking closet. I'm going to be out and they're going to throw me a motherfucking parade. Oh, and, you know, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The last thing she wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you came back and stayed, cause uh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, cause that 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 plan was as earnest as it might have appeared mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and that, that but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and that's where I think it's important for us to have like queer voices that are brown and that come from the spaces the varying spaces outside of heteronormative whiteness, outside of like exactly. white narratives. Because That's then- a nice little segue, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
comes around the wrong way. Anyway, if you can't read it, it's backwards on the screen. I see it. Crossfire, baby. It's crossfire. crossfire. <laughs> All right. Oh, crossfire. crossfire. Yeah. Buy it. Support black women. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, fuck the reviews then, because we, you know, we got, <laughs> we got a lot of good reviews, y'all. You know, There's a lot of great ones. <laughs> Edwidge Dantigat, Eve Ensner, yeah. Walter Mosley, Teak Milan, Sonia Sanchez, Roseanne mm-hmm. Cash, Corinne Jean Pierre. They lots all of gay people, lots of straight people. Uh, exactly. Of thumbs people. up, yeah. thumbs up. But 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 I know that this this work because we're talking. I mean, we're trying to. You know, we can't fit. You know, your life and experience mm-hmm. in this little bit of uh, episode. But Crossfire is is it's it's past works. Yeah. It's like it's a it's it's a collection basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is there new work in it, or basically Definitely. you went into the archives? No, it's okay, new, it's it's mm-hmm. there are poems in there that were written when I was twenty five years old. Wow, and there are poems that were written this year. Nice. Mm. So so you get um, a nice cross section of yeah for sure. I mean like you know there's uh like right now the poem that's kind of going around is tsunami about black women in the Me Too movement. Mm. Um, there's Raise the Roof that talks about like black people and the killing of our bodies and our relationship with the power structure in America. There's Not My President, which is like oh, in this last you, year before you. we get this man out of mm-hmm. our consciousness um, is really kind of making its way, um, uh, making waves a little bit. So, and those poems are all like in the last two years or so. And how is the, um, because listen, there's spoken word or there's performance Mm-hmm. And then there's the written word. Mm-hmm. And there are very few people who can do both. You mm-hmm. know, some people, I love to read their stuff, but please don't get on stage. Mm-hmm. Love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people who are amazing performers, but translated to the page, eh, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing I appreciate about you is the balance. It, it really is a rare, and it's a gift to be able to perform good work as opposed to just being a good performer with eye work. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm, that's quite the compliment. Thank you, honey. I appreciate I mean, that coming from you. But yeah. it's, 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 it's not so much a compliment as the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of performers, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I you also understand am, what it requires I understand to hold it, an audience. To hold an audience, to articulate what you need to articulate, not just with the word, but mm-hmm. with your voice, with the dynamics in your voice, with your body, how to use the space on the stage, all of that. And beyond I, the stage. And beyond the stage, thank you. Stacey Ann will climb up on the thing, <laughs> walk on your table. Like, did you hear me? <laughs> I love that. I love that. The Stacey Ann impression. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, but no, but it, but I mean, we've both seen you enough times to know. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so that that you know, that, and I think that you know, um, Crossfire is one of those pieces that. You, if you've never seen Stacey Ann on stage, mm. you can read and feel the energy. You know what I mean? It comes off of the page, you know? And that for me is important because honestly, you know, I guess, re- you know, when it comes to poetry on the page, a lot of times I'm about the grades because I, I kind of have an expectation. Mm-hmm. But a lot of newer spoken word artists want, or actually I'm a big fan of, of Tasha, Tasha as well. Mm-hmm. But the, um, but you know, a lot of you know young poets like I got a poetry book. I'm like, go on, girl, let me. <sighs> Seriously, you know, but, <laughs> but maybe had I had I written um had had I published those poems that I on, the, only the poems when I was young. I mean, people are at different points in their career, and I I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but I feel like what is what I have been 
the beneficiary of is mm. I've been in the game for a really long time. Yes, ma'am. And I've been, mm-hmm. um, I've been privy to a lot of voices that might have um, influenced how I grew as a performer, how I grew as a, a, a writer. Um, so, you know, I, I had a lot of like amazing experiences with different writers. You know, I, I was reading a lot. We came out of the tradition where we were reading when we were performing, we weren't just like trying to get on. Yeah. Number one, we didn't have like a public platform like this that we could just like, yeah, you're going to go, you know, you do one good performance and it goes viral and then you have a career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. had to go from venue to venue. I know you. Grind, I've seen you grind. in Chicago summer, mm-hmm. red summer. I've seen you in um, in in wherever. You know, Michigan. We've seen yeah. each other in Baltimore. We've seen each other in New York. We mm. had to take these poems from venue to venue to venue, and they weren't being like recorded and like shared online because we didn't necessarily have that same platform. But you, yeah. you're hitting the point. But we did have this community, and there's something yes. about momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, the momentum around your own personal craft mm-hmm. and the momentum behind that craft to push it forward, having that community to help you, again, you know, shape your craft, but also, mm-hmm. you know, be, sound, be, be, you know, sound the alarm, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, that, that, that you know, I, I mean, listen, I, I think all artistic communities have that. Mm-hmm. They are just that. They're, they are communities. But I, I don't think it's really stressed enough how important that is for young artists to have community. And I think, to your point, that, you know, now you can just, you know, pop up a camera, you know, play guitars, do your, spit your stuff. But it's kind of an isolated experience. And there's beauty you know what I mean? in that, too. We're not saying yeah. that they, you don't need that. But we also know that you have got to, um, you, you got to get to the place where you there's something wonderful about what is created when, you know, records were called records because they were like, it was a record of something that happened. Mm, you a moment of time, you a capture of a moment of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To record it, to hand mm-hmm. it out. Like, you know, people recorded the thing because it was a thing that happened between people. Mm. You know, um, and, and uh, those venues that like C.C. Carter created in, yeah. in, um, mm-hmm. in Chicago, those venues that you and I mm-hmm. often did it in like New York and Poets Cafe, yes, yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, ju- just Fez, being there. The Fez back in the day was yeah, a big one. Because yeah, because it's not mm-hmm. just about the performance. It was like, for me as a young writer and performer, it was, I mean, the New York and Poets Cafe, you would spend all night listening to other people's work and then you would get up on the mic late at night mm-hmm. and do your little poem. And homie in the back will let you know that shit's whack or not. Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> at, the, at the bar, at the end of the bar. You have like $2 eggs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And talk about like, you know, whatever. And then we, it was just always, and we met and did things. And there was a way that my work was just never this thing that I was creating by myself and trying to sell by myself. Mm -hmm. It belonged to a community Mm. and that community, like forget about it. Like I, when Russell Simmons came looking for, you know, uh, you know, uh, interesting voices or whatever voices he needed to complete this, like UN of, you know, presentation that he was doing on, um, on on HBO or 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 on Broadway, like it wasn't because he saw a recording of me and liked it. It was because mm-hmm. he spoke to people in the community who said, "You gotta talk to this young sister from Jamaica. You gotta mm. see this sister from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You gotta see this young lesbian from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You gotta see this girl. Oh, she does this interesting thing on stage. That's kind of what it comes from. Like you know, people who saw you and your 
your um your work it mm-hmm. wasn't just like oh they see saw a recording of you performing a song mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then you know it was like they talked to I CC. mean I got signed based on word to, of mouth yes, yeah 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 what people mm-hmm. are saying like a community and because now it don't cost nobody nothing to click yeah, yeah. to yeah. click a like yeah. Yeah. and share but yeah. it but 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 back then it cost somebody something to lay their own opinion on the line to say oh yeah I saw her and it was really good and I can vouch that what she does is beyond a, a, a kind of constructed thing on stage that you just, or in a room that you you can kind of mix the sound. And, and also the idea of sharing, it was a more tangible, it was, it was yes, a, sharing yes. was a conversation. Sharing was all out, sharing. all out conversation, yeah. yo. So mm-hmm. I went to you, you mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta yeah, like, come yeah. see this chick. You and gotta like, come. So she said, da, 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 and da, then da, the conversation yeah. was like, but can she do more than one well, poem? Is, yeah. Can she do more than one yeah. song? Yeah. And yeah. then they could be like, oh yeah, 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 because I saw her at the New Eureka, and I saw her at the po- National Poetry Slam, and then I saw her this, and I saw her that, and then I saw her on the corner. And then, like, yeah. I got that. <laughs> no, 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 because when we did the this is back in the early 1990s, but we did the Boom Poetic, we did some shit. We would just set up shop. We would hit a corner and just pop. Mm-hmm. No warning, no flyers, just start. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we was, you so survive more than one kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking too, that like we had to get up and make our way to the places to experience the okay. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and so CC setting up power on the South side of Chicago, mm-hmm. like was vitally important because mm-hmm. most of the queer spaces were on the North side where queer spaces existed. Mm-hmm. And so for a powwow to exist on the south side of Chicago and to be accessible to where black women were living and mm-hmm. not having to, you know, to get oh, transportation yeah. right across town. Like young that was, who didn't have no transportation. That was revolutionary. And it was always on a bus line. It was always like right there where people could get to it because it was intentional. But people had to leave their homes, right? They had to make their way to those spaces and have that experience together. So I could turn to the person next to me and be like, what the fuck does Stacey Ann just say? Oh my God, like my head is, right? But we're here in this in this experience at the same time mm-hmm. when I'm just on my phone. But you know, but but that's where I met you. That's how I met Cece. That's how I met um, Ina, uh, Nina J. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. I mean, me Jackie Robin, mm-hmm. Jackie yeah. Anderson. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can like. But that's just one venue. We're not yeah. even talking about the other venues that were created by like Kurish. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's, and that's just one city. We're not even talking about what was happening in Providence. Yes, what was happening in New York City? What was happening in like the, in the Atlanta Bay area, yes. in the Bay Area? Like, and that's just so all these people are like, how you know all these people? Because I was going from spot to spot, and because they were going from spot to spot. spot. Yeah. Some of them I, from Chicago, I didn't even meet them in Chicago. That being said, yeah. it's not always in your city. No. The community becomes. Your community of, of, of like minds, of like creators, you know what I mean? Creatives, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, yeah, right. people thought I lived in New York at a time. So yeah. I was, people thought I lived in New York for a time because I was there with you all so much. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I mean, you know, one of my favorite writers, Erna Broadbo, she mm-hmm. wrote, uh, she keeps saying to me, when I, when I see her and a, and if you don't know Erna Broadbo, you should look up Erna Broadbo and read her shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she, she always said to me, we have to touch flesh. So when the spirit leaves us, we have something to remember. Ooh. I mean, like, you know, she always says, let's touch flesh before the spirit gone. I mean, yeah, it's just so simple. But but the people I know from online, 
I'm not saying that those relationships aren't valuable. They mm-hmm. are, especially for those of you who are isolated and don't have no, like yeah. even this podcast might be so amazingly a lifesaver to some people who need to hear it because maybe it's the only way they can get any queer content because they can listen to it on their way to work or wherever. But there's a way that you, when you are seated with somebody, mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, you can't, I mean, I was about to say I can't have sex online, but people have it. But I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that it is as satisfying mm-hmm. as when you can touch flesh. Well, it's a different kind of satisfaction. Yeah, I, I'm I, just saying. Yeah, but it's maybe. a different kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, but no, I'm no, saying no, it's no. like an appetizer. It's and almost, I want the whole goddamn. But just like we say, there's differences where you know a, a lot of younger people, you know, kind of live online or mm-hmm. or be find or, or find themselves to themselves be online, mm-hmm. but you know, getting on the phone is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that phone thing is the, you know, the crossroads mm-hmm. between, you know, being completely isolated and like you're saying, flesh mm-hmm. on flesh. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's difficult for people um, in, in, in this age, you know, or rather, I'm not gonna say it's difficult, creating community, I think is looking different. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah well this is the great place to kind of go to our letter oh yes. um, because yeah, yeah. it kind of speaks about some of these same things that we've been talking about um okay. it's fairly short too so i'll uh i'll just yeah i don't know if the person uh, has a name they want us to say yeah listen uh, here's another reminder y'all if y'all got to tell us if y'all want a, a pseudonym or not um but we're gonna mm-hmm. default to pseudonym unless you you know we ain't going, yeah. you know, sometimes you forget, like, oh, damn, it said my name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here is the letter, a letter from the children, and you are mm-hmm. lucky. We're going to call you, we just going to call you parents. Okay. Oh, okay. Because okay. that's, you know, sounds unisex. Because honestly, I don't even know. All right, here we go. We could just call it Tubman. <laughs> okay. All right, Tubman. I, I, I Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, you can see where I am these days. <laughs> All right, fuck it. We're going to call you Harriet then. That's right. <laughs> All right, here we go, Harriet. All right. Um, have you ever had a twin flame? I am 28 years old, and I have known this woman for almost 10 years. The problem is we live in different countries. Whenever I visit her state, state of countries, I'm not sure that, anyway, state, um, we always try to see each other, the last time being in 2018. Each time, it's it's almost as if we never were apart. We attempted a long distance relationship a few years back, but I was obviously a lot younger. We have um, we have kept in touch through Instagram, but just recently reunited in the DMs. For over a month now, we have been in frequent contact. Um, we are both mothers co-parenting. I feel as if she is my future. Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Lips is after that sentence too. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> But I guess we are um, apprehensive due to past relationships. I am planning to visit her for the weekend next month. And if it goes well, I am not sure how we would proceed. Her energy is very comforting. We are really trying to avoid becoming U-Haul lesbians, LOL. It can be U-Haul lesbians. It's been an ongoing situation. It's, a t- it's very time sensitive with the U-Haul shit. All right. Sorry, all right. Guys, I don't mean to be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess real fast, Harriet. I, maybe um, Red should have uh, read this because now everyone can see your letter. Whoops. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Can we blur it? <laughs> I'm planning to visit her for the weekend. Okay, I'm sorry. I got that. But whatever um, level we choose to take it, 
um, to um, uh, will undoubtedly be a big one. Uh, but uh, hold on, hold on. Did I miss the damn question? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girl. But I feel um, we belong. Okay, I feel we belong together. So I guess my question is, how soon is too soon? Harriet. Mm. Sorry, Harry. We just exposed how your soon? shit all wide open. Me reading it right there. And I forgot we were recording the screen. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out later. Anyway, so how soon is too soon? So it seems like Harriet. <laughs> um, okay, look, new mm-hmm. whole lesbian, right? Mm-hmm. It's very time sensitive. Usually, you know, one to two weeks, maybe mm-hmm. a month. You know, you already moved in. But U-Haul is also, I kind of um, consider it this, it's almost like um, when you're dating online and then you actually meet each other. Because mm-hmm. you're not in each other's presence for a real period of time, you can't make a true assessment if- Of your, if you're yeah, suitable. If you're suitable. If you're, yeah. you know, compatible. Yeah. You know, but I also feel like it depends on how young you are, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like youth, you know, youth is made for jumping off of ledges. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're young, you don't have nothing to lose. I mean, what the hell is going to be? Then now they you? both have kids. So now they we both bring have it, kids. Now, yeah, they both. They Did both, I miss that? Well, they say, yeah, they say they both yeah. co-parent. So the, I guess the, the father is not. Oh, then your shit can't be U-hauling at all. Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Absolutely. It's too soon. But it also depends on like the nature of the interaction that you've had over these years. Have they met the kid already? Have mm, you have met the kids? Their met kids? each other? Yeah. Have the kids met each other? Like, you know, it just seems like whatever you do, even if it's fast, it has to be a conversation with a larger community because of those children. But before you get any further, it sounds like you're not sure you haven't had conversation about what it is that you both want. Mm -hmm. I don't hear any sense of what this other person wants, Mm. what you want. Mm. And that is actually an ongoing theme um, that me and Red can uh, (laughs) too. Um, but letters, you know, with letters, sometimes you do write from just the, you know, the mm-hmm. I, I, me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of times people fail to really are, you know, express or articulate how, where the other person fits in this larger picture mm-hmm. outside of from your perspective, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, we can only, um, guess, uh, that, but, you know, it seems like, um, with her, uh, letter, there's a lot of, she's trying to reason a little bit like, oh, you know, we've done this, you know, okay, yeah, we, we did have some time apart, you know, rather we had a go distance relationship, and but I was younger. Like you're, you're kind of looking on your past relationships and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this right, is this wrong? Okay, I'm gonna visit her. I feel like she's the one for me. But every relationship is a risk every single time, no matter how much it feels like it's going to be okay, no matter how much it feels like, oh, my God, we are definitely on the same page. I mean, some red flags Mm -hmm. are more obvious than others, but every single time it's Mm -hmm. a risk and you don't know what's going to happen. So first, you have to be all right with taking that risk and like working through what it means if it's not going to work and what your game plan is if it doesn't, especially Mm -hmm. if you have kids or if you're navigating children, you have to know what's going to happen what could happen and have a, a game plan for, you know, how to manage it. If and then, <laughs> but before you even get there, you got to talk, have long conversations with these, with this person, um, you know, and, you know, long conversations like, okay, you know, and, I mean, maybe, maybe if it goes well, then you have a conversation and then decide. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I totally agree with like bringing the other person's perspective into this. Um, because what I'm gathering from the letter, like, is somebody planning on moving? What does that look like? What is that? And who's moving? Right. And that's what I'm saying. Who is moving? What age are these children? Are they in school? If you're both co-parenting, what do these other parents have to say about the situation? Like, there's 
that conversation about the larger community really comes into play that's because the word, that's the word community. Yeah, everybody is now well, not everybody, but everybody who is affected in this relationship needs to be considered. I recognize that that's something that I did not do well when I met my wife. Mm. I was like, I'm in love. We're moving. Everybody pack your shit. Get out. <laughs> Everybody who was living with me, you got to go. I'm leaving. <laughs> they had locked up the door and left. And the children were like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm. And we still have conversations now. And I have to check in with them now about like, hey, um, I, I know that that was kind of a struggle for you to just like leave your friends, <laughs> move to the suburbs, like, and just that little thing, right? My children are, they are city kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so I moved them to the suburbs where they couldn't just hop on the bus and could like, my son had a, a, a visceral reaction to being out here with the, you know, the people who didn't know the things that he knew or, or lived the life yeah. he lived. And so there's a lot that has to be a part of that long conversation that Stacey Ann is talking about. Like you can't just, and you're saying different countries. I'm not sure you said country, she, she said stay. So maybe she, she I'm not sure. Maybe she meant countries, met, you know, you know, figuratively. I don't know. Like we lived in two Well, she might've been coming to the States to see the person. Mm. Oh God. Now, listen, it's one thing to, 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 to move to another state to be with someone, the whole thing to move to a whole different culture, like a whole different country, you know. Um, Unless it's Canada. <laughs> it's, it's passing enough for the adult, okay? Mm. So listen, we don't wanna, basically, I think what we're all saying is that we're not trying to discourage you to do anything. Bottom line, whatever you fucking do, it's not really a timeline thing, you're gonna do it, mm-hmm. you know? And you can try your best to get the kids ready, at the end of the day, they're going to have to come along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ain't got no choice in the matter, depending on how old they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that part, but, I mean, the part you just said, like getting mm-hmm. the kids ready, you got to, that's work. Just mm-hmm. the same kind of work you're doing to get yourself ready now, mm-hmm. you've got to do that for the children as well. No matter mm-hmm. if it's fast or slow, that work has got to be done in order to let them feel considered. Yes, yes. Yeah. But even if they don't like it, mm-hmm. even if it's traumatic, even if they remember this shit and they bring it up 20 years later, oh fucking well. We all are, listen, we all are a product of our parents' decisions. Mm-hmm. They can, all they could do is do their best. And if anything, if you feel that like you're following your heart, as long as you try, you know, you know, cover your corners, you know what I'm saying? Do the best. Real connection, yeah, yeah right? exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, you know, there's nothing wrong with following your heart, even if all goes to shit. And you got moved a kid back. <laughs> then that's just a story. That's an experience that you and your child has <laughs> that you've gone through. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as a mom, you want to protect your kids, but you also know as a mom, you can't always do that. You know, and you also have to kind of feed your heart too, so you can be that better mom, theoretically mm-hmm. speaking. <laughs> you know and what the I notion mean? of protecting your kid, it's very like mm-hmm. dicey. You can't protect the kid, but you can prepare the kid. Yes, ma'am. So you yes. just go ahead and make sure you're doing preparation all around. Because, you know, when you have a kid, it's like you in one relationship with one person. You have two kids. You have, you have two people you're in a relationship with. So this person that's coming along, they need to know that this they're the third relationship you're in. Mm-hmm. And you got to know that too. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know. Having some play dates, like, before y'all just try to go ahead and throw the whole family together. Mm-hmm. Like, meet each other. Go to an amusement park. I don't know. Like, do some some family like activities together see how everybody gels you might get around her and realize that you really don't like how she parents and you don't want her parenting your child we had a whole episode on that (laughs) you know because you know you know red is a part of a blended family her wife also came with kids 
So, and, you know, they had to have those discussions on, you know, different parenting um, styles and that, and that was a very real thing. Mm -hmm. Even people who are, even people who are seemingly aligned with each other, it it comes up like, I mean, you know, bedtime, there's so many things to consider with a kid, so many angles to, to be aware of that, you know, there's so many places where you can be, you know, divergent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's okay. In fact, it's pretty good for the kids sometimes to have different parenting styles um, mm. on them. And if you guys are willing to to compromise, then it can be really, really good. But if you're not, it could be really, really bad. Yeah, exactly. So this is less of a question of is it soon, is too soon. It's like basically, are you, is, are you and you the ready? kid ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you prepared? Not are you ready. prepared? Yes, you prepared? Be ready, but yes, like, prepared. Do you, have yeah. there been like and have you considered every one and thing that it would take to even make that step to experiencing it together? You know, mm-hmm. again, like we all the stuff we mentioned. The they ain't gotta be happy, but they gotta feel considered. Boom. Mm. Boom. They ain't gotta be happy because you know kids they adjust. Yeah, but. You know, yes, they they're not happy consider. doing homework, and homework is good for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Harriet, you know, um, yeah. So, you know, you you can take it or leave it, um, but th- those things are important, especially if you're not just. It's not like even you know when you read, you guys just moved to the suburbs. You're talking about bringing you and yours to an entirely different state or country, mm-hmm. if we're understanding mm-hmm. you correctly. So there are so many things you need to consider. And I think maybe that is where your energy should focus. Even in doing that, because you're not considering it alone, honestly, you're considering it with this person mm-hmm. that you have all these feelings for. So that honestly would be a good test. The planning and the preparation you know, meaning that you guys are having, um, you know, a lot of conversations about both your kids, the logistics of it, mm-hmm. the emotional, you know, yin and yang of all of that, you know, and, and even in that, in that process, you will better understand each other as, as parents, as all the things that we're talking about now, you get a taste of it when you actually, um, focus your energy on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. We're feeling each other. We want to be in the same place at the same time. What does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. So starting that process, so you kind of get out of your head like, oh, is it soon too soon? Like you seem like you're kind of in like, oh, I love her, I love her, I'm feeling her. We have all this energy from the past. That's cool. That's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing to dream about. But the logistics but that's only like foundational. That's like one, yeah, one exactly. Aspect yeah, of, of, of your foundation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you can start really understanding how strong your foundation truly is when you actually get the planning with this woman mm-hmm. yeah. and preparing, as we're saying, preparation mm-hmm. being the key. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and and you should also like feel proud of yourself mm. for making this first step by even having a conversation with, you know, involving other people in the conversation, Same like word. listening. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's like great that you're like it. It seems to me that you already know that it can't be like a slapdash. It can't be a quick like, okay, I'm waking up in the morning, I'm pulling everybody out of school, and everybody's going to go to like Turkey tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it sounds like you are at least aware that it requires some consideration and some timing. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm, beautiful. I'm, I'm I'm you know jealous of you and your new situation where you all hot in the panties and ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we swiping left and shit. <laughs> <laughs> So you have the one up on us here with all of our pontification. Well, maybe that online love is going to work out eventually. And you, and you sitting up in the suburbs, you. Are you I met her on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I never liked her on Facebook too. But I guess Facebook got some 
some positives about it. Um, all right. So even that, if they're lying and they're like doing all kinds of things with um, yeah, with you talk about pictures. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's a whole whatever. But that's a whole other. Well, show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> on my old Facebook page before they deleted it. <laughs> exactly. Right. All right, y'all. Um, we come to the end of the show. Yes. Um, and, and it's been a beautiful show. I mean, it's first of all, it's rare that I actually be in where get to be in the same room with our guests, <laughs> all remote. But now you know, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm jealous. I, you know what I'm saying? So we, we got to do it again then, and you got to, you know, I got to be wherever that you are in the suburbs. I mean, we can make. <laughs> We can make room for Jamaican lesbians over there. We got plenty of room. <laughs> but thanks, everybody. It was um, good to see both of you. So oh good to God. see both of yes, you. Yes, yes, there's yes. So many. We, have, we only had an hour, but and there's you know, so mad so, history. So many yeah. years. So mm-hmm. many years of history. So many ex-girlfriends. So many like arguments. You know. <laughs> see. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know the rigor row. Um, if you want to be a part, you know, there are those of you who are watching us as we speak here, you know, because you know what? You're Sunday brunch patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you too want to um, see, not just hear the podcast, um, but also get it three days earlier than everyone else, you can easily do that at patreon.com slash your gay aunties. It's only $10 a month. And we plan to have a long list of wonderful, incredible, brilliant um, guests, both girls and boys and everything there in between. Um, but we love our queer creatives, don't we? <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, we've been getting some good feedback um, um, about our new section, which we still have not named, but we were highlighting um, young um, queer artists, whether you're in music or theater, um, poetry, if uh, your work is audible. Um, and we can uh, actually uh, um, showcase it here on the show. We want to know who you are. So tag us, DM us, email us, all that good stuff at your gay aunties. Um, that's on Instagram. That's on Gmail, yada, yada, bing, bong, boom. And um, last but not least, we always love you children. So send your letters to your gay aunties at gmail.com. And with that being said, <laughs> I am Hanifa Walida. And I am Red Summer. And I am Stacey Anchin. <laughs> And we are. Yes, yes, yes. Lady, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>